What's up? Welcome to PS I Love You XOXO episode 57. I'm one of your host, Blessing Adelia Jr. Joining me is IGN Beyond's Jonathan Dornbush. Woo! Me? Hi. Hey there. Oh my everyone. God. <laughs> Jonathan Dornbush, welcome to the show. Hello. Awesome to have you. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Now, I know everybody has the big question Where is Greg Miller? Where'd he go? He's taking the day off. Every now and then, you know, we work, we work, we work, but we don't play. He's a busy uh, leader, okay? <laughs> He's Amazing a busy though. man, and so right now he's going, he's playing. Uh, so we got IGN Beyond's Jonathan Dornbush joining us. Jonathan, what is yes. your what's your new role at IGN? Because I saw you tweeted about <laughs> it the other week, and I got very mm-hmm. angry because of the way you started that tweet, where you, you tricked me. You made me think that you were leaving. I got very sad. Then I got very happy because it looked like good things were happening. So that tweet, I had thought of it a little bit before, like we had had our internal discussions about me taking on the new role. And I thought of it and laughed to myself for like a good minute or two and then told my girlfriend the joke and was like, I have to post this. And she's like, people are going to probably be mad at you for the first half. I'm like, yeah, but I find it funny. Um, So anyway, yeah, I am now uh, still in a little bit of a transitionary period, but I am uh, going to be IGN's uh, new senior features editor. Uh, So I've been on the news team pretty much since I started at IGN. Uh, but on the features team, I'll be working with uh, Lucy O'Brien, my co-host on Podcast Beyond, uh, for the features team, which, you know, kind of kind of does a, a bit of a different scope of projects. There are obviously, like, day-to-day, uh, like, follow-ups and op-eds and, like, breakdowns of news and, like, what it means and, and giving context to all that stuff. But uh, that team also works on a lot of, like, really, really big features, like the the top 125 list that you see. Uh, this really oh, cool hell series. yeah. This cool basically, series. Yeah, all, basically, all you do debates. the fun stuff. You all do the fun, fun stuff. stuff. Yeah, um, Inside Stories, which is this really, really cool, like, documentary series we've been doing. Uh, stuff like that. So it'll be it'll be a chance to kind of, like, dip into larger projects when news has really kept me focused on, like, the day-to-day. Uh, it'll be, like, a good mix of that stuff. That's awesome. I really, I'm really, i yeah. really happy for you. That sounds awesome. Thank you. I'm going to miss reading your news stories on uh, <laughs> KFGD, but the features sound awesome. Like, I'm, I'm very jealous. That sounds really cool. It should be a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah. Remember this. It's P.S. I Love You XOXO, your PlayStation podcast. Each and every Tuesday, we join you to talk about the biggest topics in PlayStation. If you like that, you can watch it live right here on As We Record on Patreon.com slash games, Or you can watch it Tuesday when it posts for everyone on YouTube.com slash games and on podcast services around the globe. Housekeeping for you, uh, Tuesday, today if you're listening to it right when it comes out, uh, is an Avengers War Table, which means we'll be reacting live to it. You can join Greg and a cast of misfits to watch at 9 a.m pacific time to check out what's coming to the world of marvel's avengers that's happening right here on twitch.tv funny games if you're watching later it's up on youtube.com slash kind of funny games uh jonathan are you playing that there uh marvel's avengers uh i did quite a bit when it first came out but i have not touched it in months i i want a reason to go back i i like i'm a huge mcu fan i'm all in on marvel like i I just it's a thing i love without you know uh question and it's one of those things where i wanted this to be good i love crystal dynamics i think there are really good aspects of the story campaign but the multiplayer just did not hold my attention Mm -hmm. and i 
am excited to see what this uh, this new Hawkeye edition does, but I'm also curious to see how much of a, a lift it gets with next gen. Because I feel like at this point, since I've been out for so long, I'm just not going to play until the PS5 version comes out to like get rid of the loading issues, get rid of like let it look a little prettier. That's kind of where I'm waiting at this point. Yeah, I'm kind of in a very similar place because I, pl- I played that first month enjoyed it fine but yeah like you i didn't enjoy the multiplayer that much and so i dropped off right after beating the campaign and it's been one of those things where i'm like okay i'm probably gonna jump in at some point because greg miller doesn't stop talking about this game and i know <laughs> there are people i can play with if i want to jump back in but i'm waiting for the right moment and so whether or not this avengers war table might be that and they bring back a, a bunch of content that might pull me back in we'll see i don't expect it to be but i think that might come down the line like we yeah. have a whole like ongoing prediction slash bet of like when is it that Marvel's Avengers gets good? By the end of this year, will it be good? And we'll see. My hope is when it's the the Black Panther edition comes in, which obviously God, I can't was, wait. that was so obviously in the works and just, you know, the unfortunate passing of Chadwick, I think they realized it wasn't the best time to put something out that's kind of like capitalizing on that character. Um, but that that feels like it's going to be a substantial edition and not just maybe like a, a quick little ad of a character. Like I think we'll get a really big new area or, you know, like I'm hoping we go to Wakanda in that. So I'm hoping that's kind of like the, the, the taken King of Marvel's Avengers, oh, run, yeah. but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Now, before I continue with housekeeping, I want to know what's on your shelf. That's behind you. That's been a thing that I've been appreciating about work from home <laughs> is that yes. everybody comes through and everybody has a different background. And I noticed the heartless from, uh, from kingdom hearts, but do you want to give like yes. a, us a quick background of what you're rocking? Yeah, totally. So the Heartless is actually a gift from uh, Cam Hawkins. Uh, he sent it oh, that's away awesome. a little late last year. Friend of the uh, show. Uh, from this side, I guess I'll start. That is Spider Ham, because <laughs> uh, yeah. I had I had a huge collection of Spider Man figures on my desk. Um, this is I've been rotating out different comics. So right now it's from the Miles Morales Spider Man run that's currently happening by uh, Saladin uh, Ahmed, uh, which I love. It's a it's a really good run. I'm a little behind on it, but I, I really enjoy it. And then uh, these two are actually a fan, a fan, excuse me, of Beyond sent in basically these crocheted uh, oh PlayStation God. consoles. Uh, and like they're 3D, so there's like stuff all around them. Uh, so a PlayStation oh my 1 God. and a PS4, which are awesome. That's the, awesome. The, the PS1 version, like one, when it was, was so Legos. far, I thought it was a PlayStation Classic for a second. <laughs> it's roughly <laughs> it the really same good. size. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then he, uh, the fan also sent in, forgive me, I'm, I'm blanking on their name in the moment. But they also sent in uh, basically game cartridges. Oh, my God. They did uh, Gran Turismo and Horizon Zero Dawn, like box art in these. Dude, that's awesome. Uh, And then that's uh, Chopper from Star Wars Rebels. Rebels, excuse me. And uh, Grokey, who was my choice in Sword and Shield. Hell yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, sweet. Thank you to our Patreon producers, uh, Graham of Legend, David Mindtel, Trevor Starkey, Trevor Starkey again, Elliot, Patrick Higgins, James Hastings, Katie Gallagher, Sancho West Gaming, Chai Jackson Burgess, Tyler Ross, at Jesse the Decrepit, uh, James Davis, at James Davis Makes, Alex J. Sandoval, Julian the Gluten-Free Gamer, Man Bear Paradox, Thalia Floyd, Civilian Soldier, Mizuki, Trent Berry, Kevin Bogues, Joy, that's Joseph O. Youssef, and the Nanobiologist. Today we're brought to you by Purple Mattress and Freshly, but... I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is, and forever will be, topic of the show. Jonathan Dornbush, 
Yes. I want to talk to you about our most anticipated PlayStation games of 2021. We got a good week here because not much. We have some news to talk about, but nothing too crazy. And I always like these days because we get to kick it and talk about whatever we want. I want to talk to you about our our most anticipated 2021 games because we're still pretty early in the year. And we have what I think is a fairly exciting 2021, even though like there's not there's not a Lassus part two or a cyberpunk. Like it's not, it's not 2020 in that way, but 2021 still seems to have a breadth of exciting games to still look out for. And so like, before we even get to our list, like what are some games that come to mind for you that, that you're looking forward to? Yeah. I mean, what I think is really interesting about 2021 too is going to be like, we've already seen, uh, we have now a running list of it on IGN, but basically like all the delays that are going to most likely happen. And there's already been, uh, I think like 10 or 11 delays that have happened, unfortunately. Um, yeah. But even with everything that I think has already gotten delayed and some things that probably will, there's still such a crazy lineup of stuff that I, I agree with you that at least from what we've seen, nothing is maybe at a uh, Last of Us Part Two level, though, you know, I'm hopeful about some of the games that we're going to talk about. Um, I, I think in particular, like PlayStation is, if any, even if one or two of these get delayed, they're up for a really solid year, both when it comes to like first party produced stuff and uh exclusives that they're also working with uh like third parties both indies and like uh triple a devs um so i mean for me like stuff i think you know because it was in the news recently and we'll talk about it a little later with the release date but like ratchet and clank is mm-hmm. i think just comes to mind immediately because it's often been sort of looked at as like okay this feels like the first really like next gen game like it, it's the tech of the world and the gameplay seems like it is informed specifically by the new console hardware uh we know what insomniac can do when it comes to like a launch game that's cross-gen uh something like that really really excites me um some stuff that we've been like waiting in the wings for a while about which i know barrett will be excited about like gotham knights uh Ooh, i, I yeah. really just want to i want to see that game i i want to play more of it i hope it's Man. fun um yeah i hope it comes this year <laughs> Me too. You don't um, think so? I'm, I'm, I'm doubtful. I'm doubtful, mm-hmm. but I, I have hope. I'd, I'd say I, I want WB Montreal to succeed in a, in a world where they don't have to be pigeonheld to uh, a universe that they didn't make themselves. Uh, like I'm just excited to see like what what they can bring to the table uh, in making like their own Batman universe. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think that game's coming this year. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Right, well, I, oh no, sorry. Go, go ahead. <laughs> well, no, go go for it because I was about to transition it to our list. Oh, good. I was just gonna say with that one, I feel like if it does get delayed, it'll probably be a domino effect where then like Suicide Squad will be delayed because I can't imagine them putting those out. In the There's same no year. way that game comes out next year. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> we'll see though. So let, let's get into our actual list. So each of us brought in six games to talk about. So we have twelve games overall that we're talking about for our most anticipated games of 2021. I want to start with you. What's the first game off your list you want to talk about? Uh, So the first one I put in, it was uh, the immediate one that came to mind. And of course, uh, full transparency, I I came in seeing your list already. Um, And so I wanted to pick some others. But I think one of the ones that I I just really, really want to know about, because we've only gotten some cinematic details about, is Horizon Mm -hmm. Forbidden West. Um, I actually, the PlayStation 2020 wrap-up, my third most played game of 2020 was actually Horizon uh, zero dawn because i went back to get the platinum and i just did a full replay of the game uh and i forgot that i had spent that much time with that game in 2020 because 2020 was roughly 2020 years long itself yeah and so i 
but I remembered how fond I am of it and how, how I think Horizon is a really, really great core and like replaying it now three years uh, from when it had come out. The, there was some stuff about like the story pacing that didn't hold up for me as well. There's definitely some limitations on like a an open world level that other open world games, especially one that came out a week apart from it uh, with Zelda, maybe mm. maybe showed some limitations compared to it. But th- there's so much that just works so well in that game and Gorilla just seems so primed to continue elevating that franchise. And I like I really hope we're in, even though that, that first game I think is phenomenal, I really hope we're in like an Assassin's Creed 2 sort of realm where we're just gonna see like a real evolution of the series. Um moving to new locations, introducing new robot dinosaurs, even though I know they're not all dinosaurs, it's just what I like calling them. Um, seeing all these new enemies, seeing that there'll be uh, real animals as well, sort of interacting with things a little bit more, it seems like there's there just seems like a lot of potential for this universe, and I really, really hope it it sort of pays off here. Yeah, no, I'm de- I'm definitely right there with you. I'm very excited about Horizon Forbidden West. I so Horizon Zero Dawn is a game that I played for the first time actually at the beginning of last year. Well, okay, let me correct that. I played it for the first time when it came out, but I only played up to half of it because I got sidelined by Breath of the Wild, and then went back to it at the beginning of last year, finished it, and loved it way more than I did when I first played it. Uh, and with that, I think Horizon Forbidden West coming out this year has me super excited because one. I don't. I assume it's not going to come out around a Breath of the Wild two. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe that could happen. What a trajectory that would be. What? Yeah. What a story that would be, right? I'd yeah. like if you're a gorilla and you're like, sweet, we got space now. We people can play this game, like you know, outside of any other game. And then Nintendo comes. Uh, yeah, like for three fall. months before, like <laughs> Nintendo's like, boom, Switch Pro, yeah. Breath of the Wild two, Breath of the Wild fuck two. y'all. <laughs> well, what's so funny is the the DLC for Horizon also kind of followed a similar trajectory to the Breath yeah. of the Wild DLC. They were like released around the same time, got announced around the same time. Like they were, it was kind of always Horizon living in the shadow of Breath of the Wild, just when it came to like the conversation that year. Yeah. And my thing is, I so I'm really excited for it because, for some of the reasons you said, right? I'm excited to see what the improvements are over Horizon yeah. uh, Zero Dawn. Because for Horizon, Horizon Zero Dawn, really good game, really enjoyed it, really fantastic. And I think set the tone for what can be an amazing franchise when I think it's going to be an amazing franchise. Horizon Forbidden West, I think when it, com- when it comes back to open world games for me, you know... I, there is this gra- there is this gradual improvement over the previous ones. I think Assassin's Creed Two is an, is is a great example of, oh yeah, like Assassin's Creed One, you know, fine game. Uh, Assassin's Creed Two is what brought it into motion, what made people go, okay, no, this is this is good. Like this this is this is this is what's going to set the tone for the future of the series. Horizon Forbidden West, I think, has some of that in there, where uh, especially especially now being in company with games like uh, Ghost of Tsushima, right? Like, I think. For what that does for the PlayStation First Party library, it adds kind of like a, a a cool uh, variety when it comes to their open world catalog, right? Where Ghost of Shima I went in, had fun with that world, and it's very much like a it was very much like a sweet. I like this. This is comfort food for me. Where Horizon Forbidden West or Horizon Horizon Zero Dawn for me was very much like a okay, this feels like something new. This feels like something different. Um, and Horizon Forbidden West, I'm looking forward to that kind of building on it. Now, my question for you: yes. When do you think that game comes out? Because we got the date for Ratchet and Clank, and that is June, which yes. makes me ask the question of what does that do for Horizon? Which is a really funny date because, and we, we've talked about this a lot on Podcast Beyond, but uh, they had talked about Ratchet being a launch window game. Yeah. Uh, and that was the last word we got. And I've always held very clearly, I believe those like PlayStation and Xbox see launch window as the first like six months of the next year, even though we probably don't think of it like that. Um, like launch window to them is is a larger window than I think we may consider. Um, Horizon, I th- I want to say it's probably um, 
if I had to, like on the spot, probably the September release, like sort of in the Spider-Man uh, slot uh, of 2018 Spider-Man. Um, I, I could see it potentially going there. Um, it's tough because it, like Ghost and Last of Us released essentially a month apart from each other. So that to me kind of broke the rules of what would I would expect from mm-hmm. a first party publisher because uh, they put their two biggest games of last year uh, before they announced everything else. But like those two marquee games that they've been promoting for years out within a month and a half of each other. So there, there's nothing to stop them from putting Horizon out in July uh, to follow up Ratchet. But I see it as probably like a September release because Sony really hasn't published too many games in the later fall period outside of like the PS5 launch last year. They've kind of steered clear of October and November a lot in the last generation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. With, like, exceptions, so, like, Death Stranding, which is kind of its own anomaly. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. But in, no, especially in the early years of the PS4, they they kind of let the third parties just have that time. Yeah. No, I think you bring up a good point in terms of Ghost and Last of Us and how they came out closer together. I will say, though, that, like, I think PlayStation is in an interesting place now because with last year, right, like, Last of Us had the thing where it got delayed indefinitely and Ghost of Tsushima probably was meant to be an earlier game but got delayed because last was got delayed and with the ps5 release looming over them it was probably like a hey you gotta shit or get off the pot you know either these games have to come out now or you're making them launch ps5 games which there's not ps5 versions of those games and so makes sense on why they wouldn't want to do that um where now i feel like they kind of have that freedom if they wanted to do that because you know you imagine that Ratchet and Clank coming out in June probably pushes Horizon probably like a few months forward from that. There's still God of War, which I'm sure we're going to talk about later in this episode. Like, if Horizon comes out, let's say, September, what does that do for God of War? And PlayStation's at a place where they have that freedom. You know, they didn't really have that freedom as much last year for the reasons I just stated. But if they wanted to, I think they they could play those chess pieces the way they want to and you know, chill. You know, I think they're totally fine with delaying God of War uh, oh, yeah, for yeah. into the next year. And so they they have plenty of uh, other stuff to come out. And I, I whether it's, you know, first party releases or third party uh, exclusives and stuff like I am not too worried if one of those two gets pushed. And I think God of War is probably the more likely to get pushed uh, oh, yeah. than, than Horizon for sure. But yeah, I, I agree with you in terms of like last year, they were in a very, very calendar year where also like all of the big games that came out at the PS5 launch, they couldn't talk about until June. Like they, those games had such a short, uh, you know, hype cycle. Whereas these games, they can, they can go at the pace that they want to, because they don't also have to launch a big piece of hardware in the coming year or two. So, except for maybe hopefully PSVR two, but that, that doesn't matter right now. Um, but yeah, Horizon Forbidden West, I, I could see taking that September spot. Um, especially with it still being a PS4 game, to have something mm. that is marquee on a PS4 level going into the holidays might also help the 100 plus million people who have that system and can't get a PS5 yet still have something to look forward to. Now, I went to patreon.com slash kind of funny games and asked the audience what games that they're looking forward to. We did get uh, Reese who wrote in about Horizon Forbidden West. Reese wrote in and said, Hey, Blessing Jonathan, hope you're both well. My most anticipated game of the year is Horizon Forbidden West. Just finished the first one last week and fell in love with the world and the gameplay and can't wait to explore the Forbidden West as Aloy. Even though it's coming to PS4, I hope the game still takes advantage of the PS5 and DualSense's features. What features would you like to see them add or expand upon in this game? Personally, I would love to be able to use one of the flying machines as a mount to fly across the map. Uh, Keeping my fingers crossed for a 2021 release for Ragnarok as well. 
Uh, and yeah, Reese makes a good point here, right? Like, how do the features of the PS5 improve Horizon Forbidden West? Even though it is coming to PS4, there's still probably things they can do here and there to make that game still shine. Uh, and to Reese's question, right? Like, are there are there features that you're hoping they add in with Forbidden West that weren't in Zero Dawn? Yeah, absolutely. I, I and I'll definitely say just on that PS4 or PS5 note because I feel like it often comes out with this game. At least for me, yes, I would I would have rather they were doing a fully focused ps5 version of course because the, then they could take advantage of everything but we'll probably get that as a third game uh but uh horizon zero dawn like playing it still last year that game was gorgeous like it's still one of the most beautiful games of that generation to me at least and so i'm not too worried about this game lacking because it's on ps4 but in terms of taking advantage of ps5 uh and new features yeah uh, flying mounts immediately comes to mind for me uh two a little bit more traversal uh additions i don't mm. know if i expect them to go full breath of the wild um i just like i it could go either way for me honestly but i think there needs to be a little bit more practicality to it and a little bit uh a little bit more uh opportunity to get around yeah. the area than the very defined sort of platforming that they had in that game because I, mean... I often tricked the world to get me up a mountain <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like that skyrim thing of like using a horse to like exactly. jump up a mountain yeah yeah uh, like even later that year like with assassin's creed with origins like they had even implemented of like being able to climb on everything and stuff so like i, I wouldn't be surprised if they were looking into that for a sequel here for horizon totally yeah. and then just in terms of the dual sense um i think uh, like obvious stuff comes to mind with the bow and arrow like i have no doubt they'll take care of that pretty well um but honestly something to do with uh combat with each enemy like if there was whether it was like the different mounts or the different ways like you interact with each uh robot uh, type i wish there's some sort of different feel to it yeah Uh, that'd be really cool right like if you're if you're hiding in a bush or whatever and the different tracks for different enemies vibrate in a certain way you know that'd be like a really cool thing that's the type of stuff i'm excited for with the ps5 because like we had a question weeks and weeks at this point probably months ago right talking about when are we going to see the first ps5 next gen experience in a game and i feel like we've already gotten it with the games that we that we have like i think a big part of next gen is the basic stuff right like ray tracing 4k um performance 60 fps like the way the dual sense works like i think we've gotten we've gotten a lot of that stuff already and to see that stuff in the next horizon game i think is going to be awesome you mentioned it right horizon is horizon forbidden horizon zero dawn is already like one of the best looking games on the ps4 and i 100 agree with that and horizon forbidden west is only going to look and run better on the ps5 um and so yeah i definitely can't wait for that and yeah like i i hope we see them i i, I want to see them surprise us like i 100 yeah. agree with the traversal stuff i'll surprise that in ghost of tsushima you know i really enjoyed the traversal in that game right and i think ghost of tsushima kind of proved to me that every open world game doesn't need climbing in order to have good traversal right just like give me different ways to interact with the world you know look at something look at something like spider-man and how good it feels to swing through that world and climb through that world and run on walls and stuff i i i would like there to be some way in horizon forbidden west that they make the feeling of getting from point a to point b uh in itself a little bit more enjoyable i think that would be awesome for me but then but then also um i want to i want to i want to see them pull some stuff you know in terms of game mechanics or whatever it may be right combat that uh catches me off guard you know that like surprises me out of left field and is a feature that i wouldn't have expected in the game i think that's what's exciting about where we're at with with horizon horizon right now and not knowing too much about it is that there's still so much they can do to surprise us totally i'm gonna pull in one of my games that i'm excited for i I like this because I can kind of go anywhere with this. I'm going to start with <laughs> Deathloop. Let's start with Deathloop. 
I cannot wait for uh for Death Loop. I really enjoyed Dishonored and Dishonored 2. And I have a big appreciation for Arcane and how they games. Uh because their their level design is just top tier for me. I think they do a good job of making levels feel free and uh, it's that hitman thing of you can kind of choose how you want to play in their levels that's what dishonor 2 did so well is if you want to go if you want to go loud you can go loud if you want to go quiet you can go quiet and there are different paths and all this different stuff and that's the thing that i love about their games uh, i'm fully expecting that out of death loop i'm i'm uh, very excited for how they continue to improve upon that and the story and the setting that they've set uh and that we've seen so far in the trailers just has me super excited i love the back and forth thing that they got going on with the two assassins yeah, the the more layers they peel back about this game, much like an onion or an ogre, I get very, very excited about it. And I apologize, Shrek is always on my mind recently, so I oh have God. to make illusions when I can. Um, it's a long story. Anyway, um, no, I, I think this game, like, style-wise, is just looks phenomenal like i just want to live in this world because it seems so cool i be i don't want to actually live there because i'll probably get killed very quickly but um everything about it just it like screams style and uh flair in a way that just makes me want to learn more about what's going on here i've actually never gotten into the dishonored series though um mm-hmm. and and maybe you can help convince me of why I, I am wrong on this and and also my recent revelations of loving hitman but like I've only ever played uh, Dishonored 1, and I've tried it two or three times, and every time I do, I feel like if I get caught, it's over. Like, I've always heard the thing about, like, you can kind of play how you want, and if you want to go loud, you can, but I guess I've always felt like if I get caught, I'm in trouble, and I didn't. Yeah, they they really punish you with that first game, I would say, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially with, like, what's going on in that world and stuff like that. There's, like, a lot of consequences i would say if you uh don't do stuff stealthily uh yeah they definitely the get, take over yeah they definitely yeah. get better with that with uh dishonor 2 there's still a little bit of it sure. um but i there's less of a feeling of punishment um okay. in in that world so like i would honestly like recommend jumping into dishonor 2 like i think yeah. they catch you up like pretty well on like the events of the first one at the very beginning um and so there, there's not much to to like really no jumping in um and honestly with this like i i really think they what i'm really excited for is that and why i think this might be the game that like arcane might be most successful with is that they'll really try to not make you feel punished uh for any type of way that you want to play um but yeah. again, like, like you're you an, might you're be able assassin, to utilize right? things. Yeah, yeah, like you might be able to utilize things more if like you do things stealthily, akin to Hitman, right? Or you might find more opportunities. But uh, like I, I'd, I'd be surprised if you get a feeling of punishment if you uh, uh, do uh, take down these people however you want, you know? Yeah, and I definitely echo that. I think Dishonored Two uh, uh, better is pretty much every single element from Dishonored One. Like I, cool. I like Dishonored One fine. Dishonored Two was the one where I was like, okay, this is amazing. Like I, I, I truly, truly enjoy this game. And I think, I mean, the the Hitman comparison I think is probably the best one I can give in terms of if you like Hitman, right? Like it's that same thing of going into a level and you know, kind of improving a bit because mm-hmm. the level kind of reacts to how you play, and you have to kind of react to how things are going in the level where you're not as pun- you're not punished as severely um, as Dishonored 1 when it comes to, to going hot uh, and straight up murdering fools. <laughs> um, and so you kind of you kind of do have that freedom to be like, cool, I'm going to go in and I'm going to straight, straight up use a crossbow and that's how I'm going to take out enemies or I'm going to uh, use, I'm going to lean into my powers and I'm going to float this guy here and sneak around him so that like his friend doesn't see me and do all this stuff. It's that, sim- it's that similar sort of thing. Um, and yeah, like I think if you like hit, if you like Hitman a lot, 
Dishonored 2 is worth giving a try. Okay, cool. For sure. But yeah, Deathloop, I, I just going back to that. Yeah, the, the whole loop of it, as you were saying, like the, the two assassins and sort of the the relationship going on there that I'm interested to learn more about. But I, sort of the idea that every time you may die, like you're still getting something valuable out of learning about this world and learning how that loop works. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see how that actually plays out. Yeah. And the story seems good. Like, that's the thing yeah. about Dishonored 2 that I, 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 I think the stories in those games are cool if you're into that type of story. But, you know, jumping into those games, I jumped into Dishonored 2 not really remembering much of what went down in one because that just wasn't my type of thing. And even leaving Dishonored 2, I was like, okay, that seems cool. But it wasn't a story that I was in love with. The story in, in Deathloop and the characters that they've introduced so far, I think, are pretty engaging. And so far, I'm I'm more interested in, in what's going on in that game. And, and the world Dishonored. and style seems like easier to sell than whale punk. You know, yeah. whale punk like, is whale a very is like such, specific. Very thing. specific. It's yeah. such a specific thing that I think is cool. Like it's a cool idea that's different that I I was never aware of. Like I n- never heard of whale punk. And then leaning Same. into it, I was like, all right, you know, I I see what you're doing here and. I guess the the whale punk fans are gonna be all about this, but I'm not I'm not like a whale punk person, and so I just played it for the gameplay. Uh, Jonathan, what else you got for me? Uh, going further down the list, I think uh, next I'd probably go for uh, to keep it on the at least PlayStation console exclusive front. Uh, Kenna, Bridge of Spirits, or is mm-hmm. it is it Kena or Kenna? I always forget. See, I um, always said Kena. Okay, but I don't I'm, know. There was, I swear, I think it was when they did the Game Informer, Game Informer magazine com- cover. I can't speak anymore. Uh, I think they set the record straight, and now I can't remember wh- what the record was. But anyway, uh, Bridge of Spirits, <laughs> obviously, we uh, we don't know too much about it still yet. Like, we've really only seen uh, a little bit, that initial reveal trailer, a couple quick teases here or there, some more art. But something about the one the story of ember the the studio behind it uh this being their first real game project and a lot of them coming from like more animation backgrounds uh and and just everything we've seen about the style of it it looks maybe like a little bit more of a smaller scope mix of horizon and ghost of tsushima and other like open world uh third person action games that we've seen uh obviously on a smaller scope but just something about the style of it really really captures my imagination immediately like it has uh, studio ghibli feel to it a little bit yeah uh, obviously some zelda influences and like pixar I, like kind of disney-ish a, a little bit too exactly yeah it, it feels very inspired by uh film animation which i adore and love on so many different levels and to see that brought into a game very specifically uh in a genre that i love of just like third person action uh open world exploration i I, I just really want to play this game. <laughs> yeah, from the reveal trailer, we we got a little bit of gameplay, but not a lot. Um, yeah. And that's like the only reason why I didn't include it on mine, because Kingdom Bridge of Spirits is also one that I'm very much looking forward to. Um, for a lot of the same reasons you mentioned, like the art style, I think is fantastic. It does have that Pixar feel to it. And for the glimpses of gameplay that we do get, like it looks if it looks this good in actual gameplay then oh my god i can't wait like i like i'm trying to keep my i'm trying to temper my expectations because there's always that thing of video game marketing is going to video game market and so like you know i i'm trying i'm I'm trying to make sure that i'm not selling selling the game you know too high for myself but regardless the gameplay that they've shown for the game so far looks like it can be a blast you know i'm i'm curious to see what the story is i want to learn more about these characters like the world so far that they've established uh very much does it for me i'm all about it yeah, it it has a great look to it, and yeah, as you say, I'm trying to keep things somewhat tempered because yeah, we we've seen such few snippets of what the actual game is, but if it lives up to that, it's it seems like it's going to be in a good place. 
Sapphire Diamond Ruby is also very excited about it. They wrote it to patreon.com slash confunnygames. It says, Kina Bridge, and Spirit, Kina Bridge of Spirits and Horizon. Horizon feels like a no-brainer. So for Kina, despite knowing so little about the game, uh, there was something about the announcement trailer that captivated me. It reminded me of how I felt about Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, the delightfulness of an adventure, cuteness, and joy along, along with some dark elements. It felt like a world I'd want to explore and uncover its secrets. Would love to know what you all think about Kina. Thanks. And we just told you what we think about Kino. We're very yeah. excited about it. Very much looking forward to it. Uh, I'm going to pull in one of my picks. Yes. Near Replicant. I don't know how much of a history you have with the Near games. I don't know if you played Auto- Automata or Automata at all. It, it's one of my great shames that I still haven't, and I feel like I really should. Yeah, I, I, Automata is one of those games where I'm, I, I can't blame people for not checking it out because I think at release it was a bit obscure and that it's one that i think has gotten more and more popular via uh, word of mouth it's one of my favorite games of this last generation at this point like near automata i thought the story was so well done the way in which it, it tackles its multiple quote-unquote playthroughs i thought was fascinating and i just love the gameplay of it like the the switch back and forth between that platinum action that you love but then also the shoot 'em up style and the way that it zooms out and lets you actually do more arcadey style shoot 'em up stuff like i'm all about that i was thinking just a, a few weeks ago about how much I was, i've been um craving uh the gameplay of near automata and i've been trying to hold up hold off to get into near replicant because for those who don't know near replicant is basically a remake of the original near that came out before automata uh and i didn't play the original near my roommate michael has actually been has actually been playing through it uh currently and he's been telling me about it he's like dude if you like near automata you're gonna love the original near because the soundtrack is amazing it has a lot a lot of similar cool stuff going on with it um and yeah like for what i've seen out of the gameplay of near replicant out of trailers like it seems like it is taking a lot of inspiration from near automata in terms of how they're doing the gameplay for this remake but it is taking in a lot of the elements of the original near and so very very excited about near replicant i guess the, the official name for it is near replicant version and then a bunch of numbers but yeah it's it's like you know a crazy string yeah <laughs> um yeah i i'm excited for that one too I, i'm debating whether to play uh automata before it or to jump in there yeah that's that's a good question i I, i've been on the same as you dorno like i i want to say near automata and persona 5 the base game we got codes for ign like around the same time and i had to pick yeah they came out similar yeah so i had to pick like my boss at the time destin was like all right do you want to play this game or this game and i was like oh fine i'll play persona so i never (laughs) played uh near for work um, and so it's just like, it's, it's also been one of those shames where like I, I, the year it came out like blessing and like the okay beast crew talking a lot about it. Uh, and like now I'm at the point where like, should I just wait for this play through this? Cause I, I know the stories are only like kind of connected. Um, so yeah, I'm, yeah I'm that's the thing is play like this one first playing through play near automata. automata playing through near your automata. I didn't have much of an issue, like from a story perspective, but yeah. talking to my roommate, Michael, he was like, Oh dude. Playing the original Nier has explained so much about stuff that <laughs> happened in Nier Automata uh, and char- certain characters that you, you didn't get much backstory for in Nier Automata, like Emil or whatever, has apparently like a big role in the original Nier. And so stuff like that, I see, that's a very good question because I don't know which one I'd, what I'd recommend, whether waiting and playing this first and then jumping into Automata or playing Automata now and jumping into this. I would probably say maybe wait, you know, or like wait and see how reviews for this go because... Yeah. 
You never know how how you never know how a new game is gonna. God, out, I hope right? this reviews okay. well. It's it's one of my I picks so. for the fucking uh, uh, Dorno's <laughs> the fantasy draft. Uh, fantasy draft. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I I expect it to be good because like look at it like it looks awesome. It seems like it is taking a lot from uh, near Automata. And if it lives up to expectations, I think it's going to be amazing. It definitely looks at least, hopefully, like a seventy on Open Critic. You know? <laughs> oh, it's definitely going to be like, hopefully an eighty. You know, hopefully it gets to be yeah. ten points. You know, yeah, eighty-five, fifteen points. I, you know? I love that you only think about game releases in points now. That would be such. It, a it, it has broken my brain, and I hate <laughs> yeah. that I've joined this league. Dornbush. <laughs> I'm there with you. Yeah, it's oh a my lot. God. Uh, Dorna, what's your next game? Uh, next game for me is Resident Evil Village, uh, and I will totally say up front, I did not really get into Resident Evil until maybe a couple years back uh, when I played 7. Um, I had played the Resident Evil remake uh, port to PS4, so like the GameCube remake on PS4. Uh, I played it and I appreciated it, but I didn't super love it uh, a few years ago, and then I played 7. And as someone who is relatively new to the series, I loved it. I've still actually never beaten it because I was told the ending is so bad that uh it just uh people are like just pretend it's the first two-thirds of the game is what exists and you're fine um so i did that and i still love resident evil 7 as a result uh but thought two and three were so well done uh and it just feels like we're in such a great moment for resident evil and then playing the maiden demo and seeing how pretty that game is gonna look on uh ps5 at the very least if the demo is any indication is like oh, this is set up to be like a gorgeous game that takes influence from older resident evils and the newer versions it seems to be informed by both in really clever ways. And to have an experience like that, that ha- takes all of that history into consideration, uh, but also is approachable enough as someone who's still relatively new to it, just really, really excites me. And then, of course, you know, tall vampire lady. Yeah, you got you got lady ha- whose name I can never pronounce. Lady Dimitrescu or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Dimitres- D- Dimitrescu? Something like that. She sounds no like sure. her, her, yeah. and her, <laughs> her and her vampire daughters or whoever they are. They're definitely selling me on the game. No, I like the game. <laughs> the game looks beautiful. We so the the community really wants me to play uh, RE7 on stream because I've actually not touched RE7 aside from like that kitchen demo that they released back in the day. Uh, okay. I'm like you that I very recently gotten a bit into Resident Evil with the remakes. I loved RE2 remake. I I enjoyed RE3 remake fine. Like I I like those games. I thought those games were really fun, uh, especially yeah. RE2 and. That that's had me a bit interested, but I've always, I've been kind of like reluctant for the newer Resident Evil games, and and I've not been able to put my finger on why, and so I kind of just want to jump in, you know, just to see because like, why not, right? Like the games look yeah. beautiful graphically, they they seem awesome, and I know uh, people are very excited about the RE4 influence that Resident Evil Village seems to have, and so like, I figure now like there's no better time than now to jump into totally. this, and so yeah. and I'm I excited mean, to try it out. Yeah, especially with Village, it feels like they're sort of having their cake and eating it, too, when it comes to, like, it looks like it's going to scare the crap out of me. Like, I was very spooked playing the Maiden demo, and I have no doubt it will. But it also is showing the weirder, wackier side of Resident Evil that is very clearly, uh, you know, a part of the fan base and I think has been accepted by the the devs, uh, either when it comes to the horniness for the tall vampire lady or just stuff like, oh, yeah, now there are werewolves. Now, now there's werewolves. Yeah. Now, the the guy who's going to sell you stuff is like just pops up out of nowhere in all these different situations and like is just very peculiar when he talks to you about things. Like it feels like they're leaning into that, but it doesn't take away from how much it's probably going to scare us. I want to talk to you about God of War Ragnarok. That's my next game. I 
so I'm still <laughs> the place where I'm like, we'll see when this game comes out because I don't. I'm I'm Greg talked about this before, and I'm 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 with him that I don't believe them for a second that this game is gonna gonna come out in 2021. But in the world that it does, right? Like, super excited about this. You know, God of War 2018, oh, yeah. one of my favorite games of that year. You know, I'm absolutely in love with what they did with that story and those characters and the where god of war 2018 ended it seems like they're gonna start from that exact same point and i am very excited to see what happens with that uh how much are you looking forward to ragnarok oh i mean it's god it's i so i never replayed god of war after my platinum run and like review uh run for it and everything i it was such a like special important uh gameplay experience for me it's one of my favorite games of all time like I, i adore it and so i am like you know fever pitch high like cannot wait for this game but also don't really think it's going to come out this year and that's okay like it's a game i want them to get right i am more than happy for them to take as long as they need to with this one um and and like you said like they're what they've set up at the end of god of war 2018 it has just such cool implications for where the story can go and there's so much potential for it with the norse mythology that i i i just want to see i i want to see it pay off and so i don't want them to I, not that I think they'll rush something out, but I just don't want uh, them to feel the pressure because it is such an anticipated game. It's like, mm-hmm. please let that game come out when it needs to, like when it's ready to come out because it, it, they had something special with 2018 and I hope we can continue seeing that evolution on PS5 with this one. You know, you know who else can't wait? Connor. Mm-hmm. Connor wrote in at patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says, God of War Ragnarok is my most anticipated game in 2021 by a wide margin. Even if I'm not confident, it'll live up to the promise of coming out this year. That said, I can't wait to see how they utilize the no-cut style on the PS5 and how much better the combat will feel at a dedicated 60 FPS. On top of hopefully more groundbreaking groundbreaking gameplay i can't wait to catch up with kratos and atreus to see how they reinvent the myth of of ragnarok and what it means for the father-son duo plus i miss Mimir's stories uh and chilling and chilling on a rowboat just listening to the messed up tales about norse gods dude i i've been at the place where i want to go back and replay god of war so badly because i beat that game it's the perfect time yeah I, with the, the ps5 update man like the fucking there is a ps5 update yeah that's like, why like I, just I, just I, an hour frames. ago yeah. just an hour ago i made the commitment to play valheim you know which is another norse mythology thing mm, and you can only have sure. so much norse at once you know <laughs> yeah. i no, i mean for me yeah i started a a replay when that patch came out and it's my first time playing it since 2018 so it's uh it is gorgeous like it still holds up uh graphically having it at 60 frames and the the 4k uh checkerboard stuff like together is gorgeous to play through mm-hmm. uh i'm playing on a new game plus run so it's very funny seeing the beginning of the game and kratos is just decked out in the most like elegant <laughs> buffed out uh gold armor but it's oh my God. yeah it's still special like it still holds up and and revisiting it isn't necessarily like um dampening my love of it originally or my anticipation like it's just reaffirming like oh yeah this this was a, something special yeah and that's I awesome here. can continue that yeah. so it kind of bounced off of that with like it recently getting this ps5 uh upgrade like what other games that did not come out like last year for playstation <laughs> uh would you want a ps5 upgrade for like that have come out like it's been a couple of years but you'd love to see some ps5 enhancements for my one answer would probably be Spider-Man, but we got that. It's true. Yeah. It's true. So that's, that's a tough question. Too. I guess Horizon. 
Oh, Horizon would be a good one. Yeah. We're also getting Forbidden West, and so do I need that for Horizon? But mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that'd still be pretty cool. For me, it'd yeah. probably be Uncharted 4. I would love to see Uncharted 4 with, oh, like, some ooh, yeah. PS5 yeah. upgrades. No, that's a good one. Yeah. Like, that game was already so fucking pretty for the time that it came out. And even, like, going back to it recently, uh, it's still really pretty. But, dude, like, imagine Uncharted 4 at, like, 4K, checkerboard, yeah. 60 frames also per Bloodborne. second. Ooh. Bloodborne oh, yeah, Bloodborne. needs it. It's ridiculous <laughs> yeah. that Bloodborne doesn't have that already. You know, like Bloodborne yeah. is a game that I think it desperately needs some sort of 60 FPS patch because playing that playing that game and then jumping into Sekiro and Sekiro being mm. so smooth. Oh, I can't I can't imagine playing Bloodborne at, at that smoother frame. My, my other answer would also be and this is because we can finally kind of talk about this. Like we we've been kind of playing Persona 5 Strikers uh, between the handful of us uh, mm. and you can switch back and forth between uh, resolution mode and uh, performance mode. So Strikers has a 60 frames per second mode uh, and I'm about to replay Royal because I'm a broken person and it is one of those things where like, man, I wish Royal could would get like a 60 frames per second like update. Like that would be dope. Mm. Yeah. Um, that would be nice. If I, could, if I could just throw in one real quick before we go. Go for it. Uh, the order 1886 oh my god i i almost jumped into that game (laughs) this is so brick yeah i keep getting tempted to go back i it is i still think it is a like flawed game for sure like it it definitely has its issues but that world was just so full of promise so part Mm -hmm. of my like selfish reasoning for it is i want that game to come back into popular consciousness so we could be like Look at what they're setting up. Look how cool this all could be. Let's get the Order 1887, or as other people have suggested, the Order 1986, uh, which would be good. Uh, the Order 1984. <laughs> uh, but just, like, I, I think there was something so cool about it, and it was a very pretty game, and, you know, it was short, but, like, if that was a free PlayStation Plus game that got a PS5 bump, like, I think we'd all be talking about how cool that game was um, mm-hmm. a, a little bit. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely got its cool. flaws. It'd be but, cool to have yeah. a reason to revisit the Order 1886. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but then also, I just want to also shout out, like, you know, I, I, I mentioned that I wanted to get back to God of War uh, so badly. And that's that's because one of the things things Connor mentions here, right, is like the note cut, the no cut style. And I totally forgot that was a thing in the game. Right. Like I played that. And that's the thing is I played that game within a week. I binged that game played it beat it loved it and then i haven't returned to it since because like i had my time with it and i really want to revisit it as like a refresher because i i loved it and i want to remind myself the reason why i love that game and yeah like for what the ps5 improvements mean for it very excited because yeah like that's probably going to come into play i imagine they'll probably still keep the no cut style which means that with the power of the ps5 hopefully unless it comes out on ps4 also which could very well happen um that probably means that they're able to do more cool stuff with that and like hide certain things in certain ways or do less hiding of things and just have it be this cool, grand, fucking amazing set piece of a game. I mean, the the transferring to different realms is obviously very much hiding loads central chamber to, yeah uh, in tears temple to be able to switch it around so to be able to have that be even more seamless like there might it'll probably be quicker and uh, i swear there was a an interview at some point i talked about originally the intention was to kind of just be able to like walk between them like they would sort of like fold in on each other and it just the, the ps4 couldn't handle that if it could do something like that that was almost rift apart-esque uh, oh my god that would, that would look beautiful yeah jonathan what other games you got for me uh, further going down on my list, and I, I realize it's somewhat sacrilege because it is now a, uh, Xbox published game, so I apologize in advance, but, uh, Psychonauts 2, I have been looking forward to this game for so many years, back before Double Fine was purchased by Microsoft, uh, Psychonauts 1 was a really special game that I loved when it first came out, that I loved so much, 
that I borrowed from Blockbuster and kept it for like two months just to keep replaying it, particularly because my save got erased, even though I was 90% through the game. Uh, and I replayed it all because I loved it just so damn much. Um, it's been so long for that franchise. Uh, I think the first one definitely shows its age a little bit, but I think a newer version of that could be fun. Like I'm, I'm a 3D platformer, uh, you know, action game fan. So Hell yeah, you're in good company. Fits- you're in good yeah, company. <laughs> this feels like the place to be. You know, they're always talking about, about everybody Bloodborne. All, every, yeah, everybody's yeah. all about these 3D action games. They're talking about the Spider-Mans, the Bloodborne. The watching, watching this Let's video. Let's talk about some platformers. Yeah, you know? watching yeah, this uh, trailer okay. right now. It's just like I started the first Psychonauts because I've never like fully played through it. Um, and yeah, definitely it ages a, a, a lot. Because uh, when did yes. that originally come yeah. out? Like 2005? Ooh, four early two thousands for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah. just like look, it's so pretty, and like God, I, I yeah. just I want to check out this world. And it's just it's like uh, it, it was two thousand five. Yeah, it's like the humor of Double Fine to me is very like quintessential to what Psychonauts is, and I think the first one's still really funny. Um, I think the the clever ideas of the way it introduces the uh, different powers that all the characters have, and just the the ability to go from person's mind to the next and how much freedom that gives them on a on a world design level um it 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 has so much potential and the first one for its time showed me they they could handle it really well so i i just want this one to sort of scratch that itch speaking of 3d platformers you know what i'm looking forward to that ratchet and clank rift apart i cannot wait for that for obvious reasons right like ratchet and clank is an excellent excellent 3d platforming franchise i think ratchet and clank 2016 yeah. yeah 2016 sure. definitely yeah. brought no that that's correct because i was in seattle playing that game yes yeah. um that that game definitely brought back ratchet and clank in such a great way and ripped apart looks cool you know it looks like it's going to take advantage of some of the ps5 uh hardware features and so we're going to see that ssd put to work uh looks beautiful the cutscenes we've gotten so far are great and yeah like we haven't i mean we got the date right i can i have yeah. that in playstation updates i can just bring it up right now right that game's coming out uh this june where's the update i believe june 11th 2021 yeah Yeah, that came from uh uh the playstation blog um and yeah like i i i'm so happy we're getting yeah we're seemingly getting this game in a horizon and like other games too right kina uh and returnal and other games right all all this year because it's making for such an excellent 2021 for playstation yeah no uh for me it's definitely i only didn't put it because you you had it, but this is my like highest on the list. God of War aside, because again, I, d- I don't really expect it to come out this year, but Ratchet and Clank is like the 2021 game I know is coming out this year that I'm looking forward to absolutely the most. I've, I've been a fan mm-hmm. since the, the start of it. I think it is so well suited to taking advantage of uh, not just the PS5's SSD with uh, the reality hopping, but yeah, the Insomniac's penchant for wacky weapons married with the dual sense just feels oh my god like it, it's they're like, the you know, ideal <laughs> to do this you know you know for a fact you're gonna have some kind of like wacky grenade launcher and when oh, you yeah. click r2 to launch that thing it's gonna do like a but up like kind of thing in the in yeah. the in the r2 or even like the, i can't wait the, the gun can't that wait. makes people dance like you like i hope you can like feel the beat of like the, the beat, yeah. yeah oh my god like in the was, dual was, sense like that'll be cool as hell there's gonna be a party uh, in that controller it's going to be so great. Like something like the, the, the pixelator gun that can turn everyone like eight bit or something that could, uh, you know, you feel like each pixel going through the control. Like there's so, <laughs> yeah. so much potential. Your controller in turns into pixels in real life. It's, oh, God, Holy shit. oh God. Yeah. yeah. I, look, if they do that, you know, they're, I, I understand why Sony. <laughs> Dual sense is uh, way more impressive than I thought. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is, I, I can't wait for this one. Yeah. Right there with you. 
Uh, what else you got from you? Uh, continuing off from that, uh, maybe a little bit of a swerve, but in terms of uh, Psychonauts, uh, very much has a collectathon nature to it, uh, the original, and I am very much a like 3D platformer, like collectathon person, like those are my jams. And so I am actually really, really looking forward to the next Lego game, which is Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. Yeah. Um, and I'm partially looking forward to it because it feels like in a while. Uh, maybe since like the original Marvel superheroes Lego, the first time that it feels like they're trying to make a, a, a pretty big leap when it comes to what these games are. They're like shifting the camera down. So it's a little bit more behind the back third person action. Um, some of the, the E3 hands-off demos that were seen, I didn't get to see it, but uh, I, I talked to Simon Carty uh, from IGN about it um, back when he saw it. And like the, the way they're changing up the combat style and all these things and, and the way you're going to be able essentially like explore the galaxy and go to the different planets to pick the levels you want to play. It sounds really ambitious for a Lego game and feels like they're finally pushing the game a little bit forward. And I I always love them, but there is definitely a little bit of a sense of familiarity to them. So mm-hmm. to be doing it with what really started the Lego game hype for me, which was those original Lego Star Wars games in a new form, in a really pretty looking game, like it looks gorgeous. Uh, I, I, I really hope this one is uh really pays off for what it seems like they're trying to build yeah like i've never really been a a lego game person but i was very impressed by that reveal trailer um for some of the reasons you mentioned right it seems like they're they're going for it um bigger than they had before and the fact that it's going to be the whole skywalker saga seems very exciting um and a lot of set piece stuff too like in the trailer just looked really awesome and so shout out to that uh i just got a couple more left on my side i'm i'm gonna go with elden ring question mark because that game doesn't have a year <laughs> attached to it. Um, but I have like my fingers crossed that maybe, just maybe it comes out in 2021. We'll see. Probably not. But I just want to give a shout out to Elden Ring because now, now that like over the last couple of months I've turned into a from software fan out of nowhere. Um, I'm with their, yeah, I'm right there too. Yeah. Did, yeah. I, did, have you been playing through uh Bloodborne? Uh no, I'm holding that because of our uh let's play series that we want to do on Beyond. Um mm-hmm. so I haven't been playing that, but yeah, I I Started it with Demon Souls uh, when I got the PS5, and now I'm on Dark Souls. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of going through chronologically. Yeah, uh, through the older I've, games. I've been I've been loving, or I loved Bloodborne, uh, and I I loved Sekiro, and I I told myself that I'd take a break before I'd hop into a new one, but. You know, I'm probably gonna talk about this and what, you, and what you've been playing. That I've started Demon Souls up, <laughs> and yeah. I've been having a fantastic time uh, with it so far. Um, and yeah, dude, from software, I'm at the point where whatever they release, I am down to check it out. You know, I'm Me probably too. gonna eventually get to Dark Souls because I haven't touched a, a, a Dark Souls yet. Um, but like, I'm so impressed with the games of theirs that I have played that the idea of them working on a game uh, with with George Railroad Martin, uh, <laughs> George R. R. Martin, and then. It also being this open world game where it seems like you're going to be riding on horseback and doing all this different stuff. I know we barely have any info on it, yeah. but just just the premise of it has me sold it on it already. And again, like we'll see when this game comes out. You know, likely probably not a 2021 game, but a man can hope. But what if it was? What if it was? Hmm. What if it was? <laughs> uh, do you have any more left for me? Uh, yes. Last one on my list is uh, Returnal. Uh, just to give a shout out to another PlayStation exclusive. I, I love Housemark, um, especially since uh, I, I love Super Stardust for sure, but I think it was Resogun that sort of uh my hype for them as a dev. And uh, that was the thing I played the most at the PS4 launch. I still think it's the best PS4 launch game. Um, it it was so much fun. And even though their successive releases were very much like in step with it, and I don't know if they all like, 
ever quite reach the height of uh, Resogun. Nex Machina, which was their sort of last game in the Shinobu uh, genre before they were gonna pivot because they weren't selling. Yeah, and they were like arcade. Uh, ne- Nex Machina was so good though. Nex Machina is fantastic. So I, good. It's so underrated. It's often on sale, so if you if you see it on sale, definitely pick it up if you're uh, curious about Returnal. But it's it's such a great one. It really. Uh, their their clever ability to make you go for one more run like the the way they lay out yeah. their levels the way they introduce weapons the the enemy design the way they incentivize you to get uh multipliers and all these things in the levels like it's so well spaced out and so well integrated to the experience that uh, that's a game where like i do say okay i'm gonna play for 30 minutes and then i play four hours of resogunner <laughs> next machina because i just get so absorbed and so returnal to see them kind of have a like it looks like a larger budget game like to have this sort of more cinematic experience married with that gameplay i'm i'm really interested to see how it turns out because it's a different camera perspective it is a different take a little bit i have no doubt like if there's any dev that can pull it off it's them uh but it it seems like a really really uh unique evolution for the studio and i hope it pays off because i i think they're so talented and i don't think they quite get enough credit for it even though critically they do but not commercially so i hope I hope Returnal is a bit of a, a a hit for them. Yeah, following their journey from going from games like Resogun and Ex Machina and then putting out that blog post where they're like, hey, Arcade is dead. Like, yeah. we tried this and these games just aren't selling and people aren't flocking to them. And then seeing them pivot to working on a Battle Royale, but then pivot again to making this partnership with PlayStation and working on something that does kind of harken back to their arcade origins, right? Even though it is their first AAA game. I'm very curious to see how it pans out. You know, I, I think they're great with gameplay. This seems to be a roguelite, and I, I like playing roguelites. And so I got high hopes for it because, you know, they've not disappointed as much uh, with their gameplay. But I've always, I've, me and Greg have been having the back and forth with it of like, man, yeah, this is a $70 game, and we don't <laughs> yeah. really know much about the story. Like, let's see how this pans out. Um, I'm hoping it's great because I think if this game hits, then it's going to be something special. And so yeah, can't wait to try it out. Absolutely. You know who else can't wait to try it out? Danny Berg, who wrote into Patreon.com, says kind of funny games games and says, Returnal, Housemark made some of my favorite games of last gen with Resogun and, and Next Machina. I can't wait to see what they do with a bigger budget while still maintaining that arcadey feel that they've mastered at this point. So there you go. Uh, I have one more game for you, and this is a, like like Elden Ring. I'm adding question marks to this one <laughs> because this game is announced for 2021. The thing is, though, it's not announced for PlayStation. But I think it. I think it'll still come in PlayStation. But it's just not okay. announced for it. Uh, <laughs> it's a game I've talked about before. It's called She Dreams Elsewhere, uh, and it's basically an, an indie game coming from a developer uh, named Studio Zavir. Um, I have. I'm gonna pull in an article from PC Gamer, uh, written by Diego over there. Uh, the article is called "She Dreams Elsewhere" is a trippy RPG with echoes of Persona and Undertale. Which, just from that title alone, you're, you you like, understand? Hell why yeah! You sold like, let's yeah. fucking go! Yeah, <laughs> like you understand why I'm excited. Like my for top right two there. games of all time, and this is what you're t- comparing it to. Like, let's go! I'm fucking exactly. Down. Uh, and the, the, I'm, I got a small excerpt from the article that goes like this. She Dreams Elsewhere's elevator pitch falls somewhere between Undertale and Persona, mixing a top-down perspective that resembles old-school RPGs with turn-based combat and a moody, surreal setting. While the setup isn't too novel, the carefree and relatable characters and intriguing twists make She Dreams Elsewhere stand out. I was so hooked with my hour-long demo that by the end, I restarted just to see the beginning once more. And yeah, like watching the trailers and checking out gameplay for the game, it very much takes me back to one undertale which is a game that i love and i know i think all three 
three of us really enjoy. Um, but then also, like, it does have hints of Earthbound and different games of that same ilk. Uh, and it very much speaks to me on that level. It also speaks to me on an art style level. And, like, if you check out gameplay and all that stuff, the way that they utilize music and it has kind of a lo-fi, you know, chill beats to study to kind of vibe to the soundtrack, I'm all about it. I'm, and everybody who, I've, everybody who I've, I've spoken to who has demoed the game also seems very excited about it. I've, only, I've not heard anything but good things about this game. It is set to come out in 2021. Again, it's not announced for PlayStation, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, all right? Mm-hmm. I tweeted, like, about a year ago, I think, um, at Davian, who uh, is the person working on this game. And I was like, oh, dude, this is going to be on PlayStation uh, 5 or PlayStation 4. And he, re- he responded with, like, the eyes emoji. And so he didn't confirm, but it was one of those ones <laughs> where I was like, all right, all right, I see you, bro. I, I see what you're doing here. Not a denial. Yeah. Not a denial. Yeah. Not a denial. Uh, so, yeah, very excited about that one. I cannot wait great. for it to come out. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you about our sponsor. This episode of PS I Love You XOXO is brought to you by Purple Mattress. Throw some bedding on a bunch of different mattresses and sure, they all look alike. The same goes for pillows, but peel away the layers, look at what's inside, and you'll see they aren't all created equal. And that's what makes every purple pillow and mattress unlike anything you've ever slept on. The purple grid sets the purple mattress apart from every other mattress. It's a patented comfort technology that instantly adapts to your body's natural shape and sleep style. With over 1,800 open-air channels designed to neutralize body heat, purple provides a cooling effect other mattresses can't replicate. And this cutting-edge technology doesn't stop with the mattresses. Every purple pillow is engineered with the grid for total head and neck support and absolute airflow. So you're always on the cool side of the pillow. Purple's proprietary technology has been innovating to uh, comfort for over 15 years. Kind of Funny loves Purple Mattress. Joey Noel herself has been sleeping on Purple Mattress and says that she sleeps like a baby. You can try every Purple product risk-free and or with free shipping and returns. And Purple has financing available as low as 0% APR for qualified customers. Experience the Purple Grid and you'll sleep like never before. Go to purple.com slash kindoffunny10 and use promo code kindoffunny10. For a limited time, you'll get 10% off any order of $200 or more. That's purple.com slash kindoffunny10, promo code kindoffunny10 for 10% off any order of $200 or more. Terms apply. We're also brought to you by Freshly. Dinner time can be chaotic, but with Freshly, it's easy. Their chefs take care of your meals a few nights a week and take the pressure off of you. Freshly offers chef-made, nutrient-packed, delicious meals offer, or delivered fresh to your door. No cooking required. Grocery shopping and cooking can be a pain, especially right now. And with Freshly, you don't have to. Your meals arrive cooked and fresh every week, so you can keep your fridge stocked and skip the trip to the store. Ordering is easy. Visit Freshly.com and choose from over 30 delicious, satisfying, better-for-you made meals like steak peppercorn, sausage baked pen, or their chicken pesto bowl. Let me tell you, I'm a big fan of Freshly. I tried it for the first time a few weeks ago. Uh, I had the peppercorn, and I was shocked by how good it tastes, and apparently it's healthy. It's way more healthy than things I've been eating. And you keep bragging about it. Every time we're talking about food, you're always like, yeah, I just made this Freshly meal, and it it always, always, every time, I'm like... Man, yeah, it sounds really good. It's really good because I it it only happens every now and then that I'm the one chosen, right? They're like blessing. We got an ad sponsorship. We want you to try out some of their products, you know. And it, it doesn't often. It, it's not often that I get to actually try them out for myself. And this was the one. This the one. This is the one that made me go, oh man, I got to do this more often because freshly off the chain, I love it. Freshly can fit your lifestyle with a variety of plans and meals to pick 
to pick from that work for your dietary needs, preferences, tastes, and family size. And now our listeners can try Freshly for just $6.16 per meal. Stop searching the internet for healthy food near me uh, every night and start living life freshly. Your meals are always delivered fresh, never frozen, and are and are ready to heat and enjoy in just three minutes. That's also that's also the magical thing about it is that you just put it in the microwave and microwave it and it's ready to go. Uh, and it tastes like it tastes like you didn't make it in the microwave. You know, it tastes like you actually just made this food yourself or a chef made it and delivered it directly to your taste buds. It's delicious. With new meals added each week, Freshly brings the convenience of chef chef made nutritious design classics right to your k- kitchen. Right now, Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off your first two orders when you go to freshly.com slash kinda. Stop stressing about dinner. Go to freshly.com slash kinda for $40 off your first two orders. That's freshly.com slash kinda uh, for $40 off your first two orders. And we're back. It's time for PlayStation Picks. Of course, this... Actually, no, that's a lie. It's not time for PlayStation Picks. It's time for PlayStation <laughs> Updates. Uh, we already talked about the release date for Ratchet & Clank, A Rift Apart. Um, that's coming out June 11th, 2021, which I think we're all excited for. Um, and so there's that. There's also Last of Us Part 2. Or not Last of Us Part 2. Last of Us HBO. <laughs> the HBO series has its lead actors. We have the two stars. I'm going to pull from Joe Otterson at Variety, who gives us a pretty quick write-up. The upcoming Last of Us series adaptation at HBO has cast Pedro Pascal as Joel and Bella Ramsey in the role of Ellie, Variety has confirmed. Pascal has seen great success as the star of Disney Plus's The Mandalorian. He also re- recently appeared alongside Gal Gadot and Kristen Wiig as the villainous Maxwell Lord in Wonder Woman 1984. Ramsey is best known for her role as Liana Mormont in the f- in fellow HBO series Game of Thrones. She's also Jonathan- uh, we uh, we started watching um uh fuck uh his Dark Material season two uh, last night, uh, and she's in uh, she's in season two, and she's oh, cool. uh, she's definitely got that oh. more of that Ellie vibe, I would say. Um, That's whereas kinda- like her Game of Thrones character is just like just ridiculous and in a very funny way where she's just this tiny child and like the leader of like a family uh role so it, it was interesting to watch her last night be more of like a more grounded ellie type of role um so mm-hmm. i'm excited jonathan what are your hype levels for this last list hbo show um so the casting i i really like both of these uh casting choices i think both of them will do a phenomenal job with it. i i think even Bella Ramsey like in those short few moments as Liana Mormont like she there there is a certain level of like Ellie acting above her own age like a, a level of maturity and a having to deal with this world in a certain way and I think already you get that with that character even even if often Liana Mormont was played for like a laugh or to as a punctuation on the scene I could see her mm-hmm. extending that further on Pedro is both one a wonderful human being and two a great actor uh, and he's got such experience carting around an orphan child that I phenomenally is Joel. Um, yeah, I I really am excited for them and and to see what their interpretations are. I am still in a place where I really need to see what the show is trying to do because so much about what The Last of Us does that works is because you are playing it. Um, like it is one of those game experiences that for me is very much about because you are playing as Joel and because you are having to do those things as Joel it sells so much of what the game goes for that turning that into a passive experience, some changes have to be made or some considerations have to be made to make that uh, work in a different way. Cause uh, the, I guess without spoiling the last of us, some of the scenes in the end 
are so impactful partially because you were the one controlling them. Yeah. Um, so for me, it, it is a like a weariness on that level, but an acceptance that this is going to happen no matter what qualms I have about it in that way. And so my own, you know, I think HBO is a great home for it. I think uh, Craig Mazin showed that he can do some really serious, great work with Chernobyl. Uh, having Neil Druckmann directly involved with it uh, definitely gives you that credence that this is not just being done without mm-hmm. the studio's uh, awareness. Like it's not just a, a a weird adaptation by a studio that's never heard of Naughty Dog. Um, and so I think it is in the best chance to, to succeed. Uh, yeah, but that's that's kind of where I am. It's like I'm excited and I think it'll be great. But I, I am curious what they do to to make it work in a different medium, because I do think there are changes that need to be made. Yeah, no, I had I pretty much had that exact same conversation over the weekend with some friends where we're in our group chat and we're we're talking about the news and we're most we're more so like wondering if they could even part to you. Like I know the so far the series yeah. uh has mentioned like the for the announcement, right? They just mentioned that they're doing Last of Us One, right? And this seems like they're gonna stick to that. But eventually if this is successful, you imagine that they're probably gonna want to continue it and then lean into Last of Us Part Two. And with that, we had that exact same conversation of is that even possible? Like how would they do this? How would they do like the mid game thing? Like how do they do X, Y, and Z? Like yeah. Last of Us Part Two is such a story too that I think is about uh, you know, player choice and autonomy and and you know our our role in violence and all that stuff, right? And it feels like such a video game story that I'd be curious to see how they try to pull it off because I think some of that stuff you can probably translate into from violence in video games to violence in entertainment, you know, period. Totally. But I think that still that still gets difficult uh, when you're meddling with a story that is so, uh, you know, well done and well regarded. It has such a a uh, uh, fanship behind it. Last is part one. You know, I'm still I'm I'm still with you that like yeah, there's certain there are certain moments in the game that I I don't know how you do, but I'm excited to see them tackle it, especially with Neil Druckmann, you know, working with them. You know, I want to see what yeah. their take is on that. Um, for the casting, I think the casting is cool. I you know when they when this news is coming out, it was first announced with uh Mahersha Ali you know that was like the rumor or the original report that he was offered the role yeah. um and you know I was very excited about that I thought like the idea of Mahersha, yeah. Mahersha Ali as a Joel you know I picturing that god like he like he is such a like he's such a, a a dude that I think could portray that um that tenseness and like the greediness of that world super well given his like previous roles and stuff and and you know, like I, the the slow like kind of um devolving into tenderness with joel too of like yeah yeah like i, I could like, totally he's such see a him good, do that he's such good he's so good at conveying the i think intricacies of emotion when it comes to like you know going from hey i'm cold and i'm stoned because of shit in my past but i can slowly start to open up to you once i start to get to know you and start to get that tender side i think marshall would have been able to do that well but patrick pascal also a very good actor i'm also very much looking forward to you like i think he's awesome i've loved him in uh mandalorian and i guess in wonder woman he wasn't well he wasn't no, the problem dude. that, I had like, that woman. was no. <laughs> that was another sin of wonder woman <laughs> that they somehow made pedro pascal look like not great looking and that dude is yeah, handsome as fuck yeah. and he looks he so his best, fucking though. weird in that movie he- he did his best though. He, <laughs> he, he, he worked was with all what he in was given. It. Yeah, like yeah. He, he committed to that role and I agree like he is yeah. not the problem with that movie necessarily. Like I think his performance is funny. I just like yeah, there's so many other problems with that movie, mm-hmm. but he he himself yeah, it is mystifying that when the posters first came out I'm like, why does he what what happened to Pedro? Why why is yeah. he not the why are most ruggedly handsome man? Yeah. Uh did you guys see like, over the weekend after this uh casting was announced uh some fan castings for some other characters. My favorite was David. Uh and I won't spoil like who like 
David's role or anything in, in the first Last of Us. Um, oh, people but people wanted right people want <laughs> want Army Hammer to play David, which I found very, 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 very oh funny. <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny. <laughs> That's don't, good. No, don't let him near this show. But yeah, that would be hilarious. Yeah. Um, we got one other PlayStation update for you. Uh, are you experiencing joystick joystick drift? Actually, let me let me do that again because I want to phrase it like a PSA. PSA: Are you experiencing joystick drift? You're not alone. Uh, I got an article here that I'm going to pull from Marie de Alessandri at GamesIndustry.biz talking about PS5 DualSense having some drift issues. PlayStation 5's controller, the DualSense, is allegedly suffering the same drift issues that have been widely reported in the Nintendo Switch's Joy-Con. Players reported stick drift issues online as early as 10 days after their purchase of Sony's console, Kotaku reported. The issue sees the, the DualSense controller registering movement even when it's not being used. And then there's an update to the story as of this morning. Uh, a class action loss suit has been filed against sony regarding dual sense drift jonathan what's been your experience with, with dual sense drift i haven't had it it's been fine for me um I, I i feel like i've gotten pretty lucky uh when it comes to ps5 issues definitely during the the um the review period where we had it before i think everything was fully updated i had a few game crashes but largely since then it's run pretty well for me um but it's definitely something that it seems to be more widespread than I think we were initially thinking when I saw that uh, Kotaku story for the first time. Um, partially because it seemed to have just gotten drowned out by the stuff that like, oh yeah, people's PlayStations keep crashing or, you know, disk drive issues or suddenly it's really loud for some reason. Like there, there are these other issues that seem more pressing, I guess. And Joy-Con, or excuse me, it's easy to mess those up, but Joystick yeah. Drift um started to percolate pretty early as that that article pointed out and we're uh, currently at IGN the whole news team is very much like looking into uh, getting a wider sense of how widespread this actually is yeah i think that's that's the big question about this is is it widespread and if so how widespread and i think you know we're at that place where new consoles are new consoling and so like i've yeah. i've i've had some issues here and there with my ps5 where I've had like a couple of crashes specifically with Warzone and stuff, but then also mm. my um, external hard drive doesn't completely play well, you know, all the way with my PS5 and I have issues with that. But these are all things that I think are very much indicative of these are new hardware. You know, it takes some time for these things to settle in as more people get, get their hands on them and new issues are discovered. And then hopefully things get patched out or fixed, you know, a new as like things like joystick drift get discovered, you know, new waves of controllers get, uh, 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 you know, get made and then people get their hands on those. Uh, and the, 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 the amount of people that experience joystick drift, fingers crossed, will hopefully be very minimal you know hopefully it's not a joy con drift thing where literally like so many people i know have joy con drift i had joy con drift and like and, multiple joy cons and the thing about joy con drift too was that it was going largely un uh responded to by nintendo for years like it yep that was a thing that was going on for so long and i agree with you like it bar none it sucks that when you spend all this money on a very expensive new piece of hardware it's going to have problems and that's unfortunate but that that is as you were saying like we're in that period where all these problems just often do pop up because it is new hardware it is new technology it's now out in the wild on a mass-produced level that they just can't replicate in you know when they're testing it out internally mm -hmm. um and so hopefully it has been caught and seems to now be prevalent enough in mind that yeah it can be either patched out or in new runs of the dual senses uh, parts can be switched out to make it easier uh, to, to avoid. But yeah, it's an unfortunate problem, but the widespread nature of it is definitely, I think, the biggest question right now. Yeah, exactly. And regarding the the lawsuit thing, like we talked about this a little bit on, on other shows. Like my, I think that's very much a, you know, a law firm being like, hey, 
just in case this is widespread, we can get that money and get in there oh, yeah. early and start and start pushing this. I don't think this is going to be un- unless this turns out to be a very widespread thing. And that's the thing we'll probably learn in uh, a year or two or three years uh, regarding this. Unless that un- unless it's a widespread thing, you know, I don't think that it's going to be a huge uh, deal, but we shall see. Yeah. Let's get into our PlayStation picks. Of course, this is where we highlight a few of the cool-looking games coming to PSN this week. Uh, let's start off with the big hitter. This is actually one from last week. Little Nightmares 2 uh, is out for the PS4. I've heard very good things about it. Roger McCorney did a whole first impressions that's up on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games that you can go and check out. And he has very good things to say. The internet has very good things to say. And so if you're interested in Little Nightmares 2, go check it out. Have fun. Let's talk about a game called Speed Limit. Uh, for our actual pick, Speed Limit is coming to PS4 on Tuesday, February 16th. Speed Limit is a nonstop genre-warping arcade experience that never slows down. No cuts, no lapses in the chaos. Uh, Speed Limit is an old-school action extravaganza boiled down to its core elements. Hard, fast, addictive, which are really cool core elements to have for a game. Uh, we're looking at the gameplay right now if you're watching the video version of the show and I'm very into it. Like the game looks really cool. Uh, I like came across when I was doing the whole roundup for PlayStation picks came yeah. across this very randomly. Cause I thought like for the websites I usually check out for this, they didn't have it listed. So I was like, Oh, let me check out. Let me make sure. Let me go on Metacritic and make sure I'm doing <laughs> the due diligence to figure out things. And I saw this typed it on YouTube, saw the trailer and I was like, this looks fun. I want to try this game out. Basically uh, it is like a cool has a pixelated look. Uh, you know, si- it it changes perspectives a bunch, right? It goes from like side scrolling action to top down, you know, driving in a car action to behind the back stuff. It looks it looks crazy. It looks awesome. Yeah, it's it gives me at least like on a visual palette Katana Zero vibes for sure, which I absolutely adored. But yeah, the the genre hopping when it's pulled off right, like that can definitely be a, a hard thing to do. But when it's pulled off right, it can be such a cool experience to have. So yeah, I I think I'd seen a trailer for this one last week. Uh, and was fascinated by it but yeah you're right it seems to kind of be flying under the radar so yeah so maybe we'll hear more about that i might check it out if i get the time um but stay tuned for more about that uh and then our last playstation pick for the week is king of seas that's coming to ps4 on thursday february 18th king of seas is an action role-playing game set in a procedural procedural pirate world an epic adventure awaits you in a fantastic world dotted with fights lost islands and treasures a universe that will keep you anchored as you struggle to become the king of all pirates blessing the seams right up your alley no i hate pirates even though i have been playing i have i have been playing sea of thieves what uh god your fomo is fucking ridiculous dude (laughs) well no that was that was one where I actually su- suggested it because I have oh. friends, right, that that play on Xbox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, specifically, like, Rihanna and Danny and them. Yeah. And we are trying to find some co-op game to play. And mm. so I was like, I guess I can give Sea of Thieves a shot just to, like, uh, just as a game to kind of fuck around in that doesn't really have a, a strict goal. Yeah. Um, and so we hopped into it. And it was it was a pleasant experience. I, I enjoyed myself. Mm. Mm. Um, that said, I have no desire to jump into King of Seas. <laughs> yeah, I... If you're looking for that pirate hit, boom, there you go. I keep meaning to jump into Sea of Thieves too, especially just because I've hear I've heard so much about the progress they've made since it launched. Um, but yeah, I think an experience like that is something more along the lines of what I'd look for than necessarily King of Seas. But yeah, yeah. we'll see. If you're into pirates, King of Seas is all you. I'm not into pirates. I hate pirates. <laughs> Jonathan Dornbush, what you been yes. playing? Uh, well, so just to to hop on the the picks for the week, I was playing a. Uh, a bit of little nightmares too. Uh, I'm three chapters in, I believe. Um, and I really, really adored the first game. 
uh, and so I've been looking forward to this one a lot. I was enjoying the uh, the sort of sense of scope that it was introducing as a sequel. I think it was doing like some smart stuff in in expanding the world, but I wasn't really, uh, you know, for a game with nightmares in the title, I wasn't necessarily spooked until I got to this third chapter, which I won't spoil it too much, but it's set in a hospital. And the clever things it does with uh, lighting and enemy behavior just scared the hell out of me. Like my girlfriend Meredith mm-hmm. can attest to, I, she was like in the other room watching and I had headphones on playing just to get, you know, more of an experience for it. And I was yelling, like, she had to be like, are you okay? Because I was yelling <laughs> in fear as the enemies were chasing. Um, so that level really got me. I think uh, until then, it, it, like, the leading up to that, it's it's still, like, it's a gorgeous, horrible world that I love uh, existing because it's, it's just such a unique uh, sort of style to it, especially when it comes to the larger enemies that are often chasing you. Uh, there's a little bit of combat that's mixed in there that I don't think works quite as well because it's essentially one hit and you're dead. And mm-hmm. so uh, my my issues were with it were largely that like I didn't always have a great sense of where my character was facing versus where my swing of my weapon was going to go. And so I was often dying because I couldn't get the timing right, but just because I couldn't get a sense of like the the correct relation to the the enemy I needed to be. Um, so there was a little bit of guesswork with that, which I wasn't loving as much. But overall, like. I think this world is really cool uh, in how gross it is, uh, and I I'm very pleasantly uh, enjoying the this this experience so far, even though it scared the crap out of me. <laughs> yeah, it lo- I mean, it looks awesome. You know, all the gameplay I've seen of it has kind of enticed me to get into it because it, it reminds me a little bit. And correct me if I'm completely off base, but it's, it seems a little bit like Inside, which is a game that I really like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is very it, it is very Inside esque, and what's funny to me about it is and I. I, I always get shit for this, but I didn't really love Inside. Whoa. Um, Whoa I, say, this is a PlayStation Ryan McCaffrey actually, is going to like come and fight you. Oh, no, trust me. I know. <laughs> I don't I don't bring it up in meetings anymore because I respect Ryan. <laughs> anymore. Um, that means anymore. he used to bring it up in, in meetings. <laughs> I used to, I used to bring it up as a, 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 a joke because, I mean, like people would give Barrett and me shit for loving Persona because it was the, the and we, we were like, and, and it got so unhealthy to the point that we were trying to rig the IGN game of the year vote in 2017 oh to like have the vote be split so Persona 5 could win. Rig, rig is a strong, that sounds like we were, we were messing with numbers. More so, we were just trying to convince everyone who wasn't 10 out of 10 for Zelda that like, why waste a vote on any of the other games when Persona 5 is yeah, a 10 yeah, out of 10 yeah. for other people? Um, and it didn't we were, we were but, trying uh, to swing votes yes exactly um but anyway so i i played inside over a weekend and appreciated it but i never found anything maybe up until the end all that interesting like it mm-hmm. the i guess the message it was sending and i'll say very like the the message that i think little nightmares is saying about society and its commentary i don't think is that like special or new or nuanced like i think it's pretty you get the sense of kind of what they're trying to say very easily and i felt the same about inside like i, I it's messaging for me didn't really feel like it was doing anything newer in a in a case that i think other games of that tone or style had tried mm-hmm. to do um and so for me inside just never quite hit i i am very happy that people love it and i think like if you're looking for a fix along those lines i think this is definitely of a piece with it and i still don't quite understand why i like little nightmares more like inside but um yeah i'm, I'm enjoying the sequel quite a bit awesome yeah. what else have you been playing uh as i had mentioned yeah we were talking about falling in love with uh soulsborns and FromSoft. uh currently i'm making my way through dark souls mastered i've been playing it uh pretty much exclusively on stream uh outside of some grinding here or there 
but uh it's after demon souls i was like let me let me see sort of the evolution of starting with dark souls remastered and it definitely shows its age in certain cases but i think i'm finally understanding why that game started such a phenomenon even more so than demon souls did because uh as is often used as, as an emote when i'm playing the level design of it is just so smart and so ingenious and the way the world wraps around on itself and the way you find shortcuts back to hub areas or back to locations you'll need to go later the way it makes you think oh that was just a, a door or a hallway that I actually is a very important way to get back to a boss fight later all that sort of stuff about the level design i like finally understand why people love from soft on a world design level um mm -hmm. And I know that sort of applies to Bloodborne as well. I just haven't played too much of Bloodborne yet. But so experiencing that has been really uh, eye-opening. And I think even when some of the limitations, like uh, quality of life stuff that I think gets solved by Dark Souls 3 maybe isn't quite there, and it's definitely a little bit slower than the newer stuff, it's still a very, very uh, fascinating world to be exploring. And I... I, it, I same with you like i'm just in all in now i'm just in yeah. from soft like i am playing other games and sometimes i'm like why aren't i playing other souls why can't i just play souls like all the time it's punishing and i hate myself sometimes when have I you have you it, uh but... have you touched sekiro yet no, so i tried sekiro when it first came out and was so bad at it and was getting so mad at the game that mm. uh my girlfriend was like why are you playing this it makes you angry and upset just stop you don't have to do this and i was like but people love it i need to understand but I think now that I get FromSoft a little bit more, I know it's of a different uh, sort of style in terms of progression, but um, I, my goal is to either play that toward the end of my FromSoft journey or because actually most of my followers adore Sekiro. Uh, we're currently doing a fundraiser for the month for charity. And so if we hit that goal, I've promised that I'm going to jump to Sekiro next. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so, but you've been playing, or you did you finish Sekiro? I, 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 I beat a few weeks ago. Okay, I, okay. I'm obsessed with it. Like I'm okay, even yeah. even though I'm playing Demon Souls right now, I'm still like, yeah. oh, I just want to I want to replay Sekiro again to see how quickly <laughs> I can get through it because it is a game where I think the thing that differs from Sekiro from others from software games is that you know it is very much a skill based thing of yeah dude like it, it's it's about memory it's about memorization and understanding the rhythm of your opponents more so than grinding and leveling up and making sure that your vitality is all the way up or your endurance is all the way up like yeah. they don't that, that's that's not here like very it's very much a with every boss you you beat you get like a skill up point and that just goes to your overall like attack power and that's about mm -hmm. it um and so like i put in probably like 40 something hours into my playthrough and talking to Tamor and other folks who have played Sekiro and left Sekiro, they're like, dude, if you play, play it again, you probably get through it in like eight hours, maybe. And <laughs> I kind of feel, I honestly, I kind of feel that power because like, yeah. you know, having beat it now and kind of understanding the rhythm of, of all the enemies and knowing the paths and where to go, I'm like, dude, I feel like I, could, I feel more powerful, like as a player, you know, <laughs> not because of leveling, but just because of totally. like skill and learning and all this stuff. And I think that's such a, such a cool thing that I appreciate yeah, uh, about Sekiro. That's why I definitely want to jump into it, I think, sooner maybe than I would have if I play through everything in order, just because it is, there are definitely points in Dark Souls where it's like, oh, I'm having trouble with a boss, oh, let's grind in this area for an hour, get five levels, and then it just will be easier. Um, yeah. Th there's definitely skill for sure, but there, you can sort of cheese stuff by just leveling up, which in Sekiro from everything I've seen, no, you really need to understand every enemy you're fighting yeah exactly and like you know speaking of from software games right like i'll bring in one of the games i'm playing uh which is demon souls and yeah. you mentioned that you played demon souls at launch i pl i jumped into it for like maybe five minutes at launch and it was like <laughs> all right you know i get it i'm not a from software person i'm gonna jump out and 
keep on keeping on i'm gonna keep on trucking along in bloodborne to see if i can get, make more progress in that um and so like after i beat bloodborne after i beat sekiro now i've jumped into demon souls and i've uh, still early i just beat phalanx which is the first okay. big boss encounter yeah. and i am one uh blown away by how good this game looks oh it's my gorgeous. god is yeah. it gorgeous it's like maybe the, one of the best looking games i've ever seen um from both like an art like an art combined with graphic gra- graphical fidelity like it is yeah. on another level uh so shout out to blue point for that um but then also yeah it, it, it is bringing me back uh to all the from software things that like des- des- design uh philosophies that i appreciate especially from bloodborne in terms of the pathing and um yeah. level design and shortcuts and all that stuff like i'm, I'm appreciating that i've uh i so i actually beat phalanx twice because okay. During my first run in the game, I was playing as the I want to say the either the royalty class or some sort of some sort of class that uh, specializes in magic. You have the and, soul arrow, yeah, spell, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I played as, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I did that, and I was fucking up enemies. <laughs> like, yep. I yeah. I got to the point where I beat Phalanx. This game might be too easy. <laughs> like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And then I I hit up to more, and I was like, dude, I. I don't know if I'm having as much fun as I should be because I'm straight up, you know, destroying fools uh, with my spell. And Tawar's like, yeah, you're playing as, like, the easy class, and that's, like, the... If you want to cheese through the game, that's the yeah, way to that, do that, it. Yeah, that, that's the should... class that boss babies, uh, like myself, pick, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's what I, I, like... I, I'm still not really in, like, the Souls world as much as uh, everybody else has got on to mm-hmm. the train with. So that was... Uh, that was the kind of class that I needed to pick eventually because I don't think I so I think I had selected knight on my first run through, um, mm. and then I eventually went back and did the the royalty class and then I got to that mm. spider boss and I was like you know what I'm out because <laughs> I hate spiders. See yeah. that's what so like that's why uh, when I when I first started playing the game in November you know I started off as royalty because I was like okay you know I need the cheese class like I don't want to suffer through this game and so i chose it back then and then i picked it i picked it back up this last week and i was just like oh now that i've beaten sekiro and in, in, in bloodborne i actually like the challenge like i like it being uh uh destroyed over and over again and so yeah uh i ended up switching to the night class and i i like the melee attacks that the night class has uh way more because yeah you start off with a different weapon uh that has yeah. more of a swing than a lunge that i appreciate and so now i'm having way more fun with it i cannot wait to continue i'm probably going to take my time with it though uh compared to the last couple of games because now i have like quite a few games i'm playing at the same time that i'm digging and i kind of want to savor this one you know especially Elden ring is years away (laughs) very true it's also kind of episodic a bit more than the other game at least like dark souls so far because it is very Mm -hmm. like go to area one one and two one or you know one three like where you start to realize there it's very a little bit more segmented and so you can kind of take breaks as you want yeah exactly uh is there anything else, else you can playing um uh, mostly uh, like here or there i'm still always playing Fortnite. uh a little bit every night um what else am i playing uh i mentioned going back into god of war uh not playstation related but i've, I've fallen back into my Picross obsession on switch Nice. Um, so uh, continue to just use that to like fill the hour sometimes. And then uh, 3D World last night, uh, I got into Mario 3D World. But yeah, on the PlayStation side, I have like six or seven games that I started over uh, winter break at the end of last year. And now I'm kind of like, what do I go back to first and what do I prioritize? Because we're still in that a little bit of an early. Uh, and so I'm kind of at that point where just like, what what do I what do I dedicate the time to? Because there are so many options. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, 
What about you? What what else have you been playing? Uh, I've talked about this before. Apex Season 8 continues to be excellent. I've been enjoying it. been loving it. I'm back in, baby. I'm still using Loba, <laughs> teleporting all over the place and getting all that loot uh, that I love. And so I've been enjoy- enjoying that. And then Concrete Genie, which is our uh, PS I Love You, I guess, book club for the month. I'm playing that. And I actually beat it uh, yesterday. And so I'm going to keep my oh, cool. impressions on that until we actually uh, you know, do the show on that. But sure. yeah, no, beat it. I was surprised by how quick it was. I guess I'm not surprised. It was quick. Uh, and I guess I was looking forward, forward to it being a quick game. But when I finished it, I was like, wow, short and sweet. All right, sweet. I, I, I like that. Simple. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I can't wait to talk to to Greg and the community about that because I'm curious to see what other people think about Concrete cool. Genie. Of course, if you want to play along with our book club, it's free right now on PS Plus if you got that. Uh, and I'm sure probably in a few weeks from now, we'll do our whole uh, discussion. And so look forward to that. Uh, Jonathan, yes. this is where we'd get into hashtag PSLF photo mode. But I'm going to keep that still on the bench this week since Greg is out. Um, and also, I'll give you more time to get in your Concrete Genie photo modes because that's the one that I asked for a few weeks ago. And so if you still want to get a Concrete Genie photo mode in, of course, remember to tweet with the hashtag PSILoveYou, uh, or no, PS, hashtag PSILovePhoto mode. Uh, I go through Twitter, search up the hashtag, and pull in some of the best ones. Before we close out, Jonathan, first of all, thanks again for joining me. It's been a lovely time. Thank you for time. having me. Yes, I'm absolutely. down. I'm down to talk to you about PlayStation and kick it whenever. Absolutely, it's a fun Co- time. gotta have you on Beyond again soon. Definitely in the oh, please next do. few weeks. Yeah, please do. Um, where can people find you if you want them to find you? Oh no, I like to stay hidden. I'm very much like okay, <laughs> I, I, I understand. Live, I live off the map uh, completely. Uh, no, you can find me uh, currently on. Instagram at JM Dornbush, uh, same handle, both places. Uh, of course, my work is uh, mostly at IGN. Um, so uh, yeah, while my, my daily news uh, duty changing over to something else, hopefully I'll have a lot of fun, fun projects in the works. I don't want to give too much away, but I should have a really fun uh, bug snack story going out this yeah. week. Oh, uh, that's so exciting. If you, if you want to hear a little bit more about the uh, some... Uh, some interesting stuff about the ending for sure. Uh, tune in for that later this week on IGN. But uh, other than that, of course, Podcast Beyond is uh, live on Wednesdays on IGN, podcast services, YouTube, all over all over the net. Uh, and then I myself on the, the hours outside of the workday uh, have also uh, been streaming a bunch recently at twitch.tv slash Dornology. Uh, we currently are going through Dark Souls Remastered on the weekends. Uh, I'm playing a little bit of uh, Stardew Valley. My girlfriend and I have started a co-op farm together uh, in there That's that awesome. we're playing through. Uh, which she she has like 300 hours in Stardew on past uh-huh. farms. I have maybe three hours, so I'm. It's definitely a learning experience for me, uh, but it's a lot of fun. Are are, are y'all uh, continuing uh, uh, your girlfriend's uh, Uncharted playthrough? That is that's going to be next up. Basically, we wanted to do a little bit of a break because we. We're doing like date night streams, and so I realized like I I had her play Uncharted for the first time uh, over the course of a month, and then I was like, well, it, it makes sense if like she's also showing me a game she loves too. So we're currently doing Stardew, and then probably in a few weeks, back up Uncharted. But yeah, awesome! Yeah. Everybody, go check out Twitch.tv/slash Dornology. Show Jonathan some love. Follow, subscribe, do all that good Twitchy stuff. <laughs> The Twitchy stuff that I don't, I still don't understand, even though I've been trying it, to Twitch stream myself. Same. It's it's still all a mystery to I'm me. I'm still like, yeah. like, what are bits? What do they yeah. do? You know? Like, I can put in an emote for people who are using bits, but I'm like, oh, but the bits cost money. So I don't want you to feel like you need to use the the, the bits because yeah. they seem arcane. And like, what's the difference between bits and shears? 
What does the hype train do? Do I need to pay attention to the hype train? But bless oh, you. A lot of stuff. You're, you're it's a doing, whole different world. You're doing streams too, bless. Uh, where, where can people find you there? Oh, that's on twitch.tv slash Junior. And so thank you so much for that. You know, you can go check me out there. Uh, but for now, this has been P.S. I Love You, XOXO, your PlayStation podcast. Each and every week, we get together to talk about the hottest topics in PlayStation. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.